That's it to right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds. Here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the pesky poll podcast episode which one are we on now are we on the kobe episode we on 81 we might be i believe we is on 81 how are you guys doing today let me go in and double check just to make sure that we're on the correct episode i don't actually no i started taking the names out of them so i have no idea anymore. whatever we're on some sort of episode how are you guys doing today this is a pesky poll podcast going at random times and dates and weeks as always we got a couple updates for you in just a minute, but first I'd like to introduce our guest for today. You've seen him often, mainly because like I said, this is a crazy summer and this man has one of the more flexible schedules I've ever seen. God bless him. The beautiful man, Brian Costiff. Costiff, what's good? Doing good, Rob. How are we doing today? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Been a great weekend for me and the family. But for those of you who don't know, this may be your first time here. Brian is the host of the ever popular show down to the wire. We always have the links in the description. Make sure you check it out after you finish watching this episode. Cause I believe he just dropped an episode today where he interviewed a white Sox rookie who was just drafted a couple months ago. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Uh, so it, you know, once you're done watching this episode, make sure you go over to down to the wire. Cause today I just interviewed white Sox minor league rookie pitcher, Sean Burke. Sean is a, uh, you know, he's, He's grew up in the same town as me, so it was a very, uh, very nice show to do because we got to talk about, uh, you know, kind of growing up some of the some of the similar things that we went through, uh, you know, some of the differences as well because he's a because he's a six he's a six six righty who can absolutely pump, you know, just heat. So, you know, you know, it was a great interview, and I hope uh, hope you guys go check it out. Man, I hope they do too because I'm gonna check it out sometime tonight or tomorrow morning. Actually, you know, I got to take a trip tomorrow morning to Chattanooga at six in the morning to drop my sister off at the airport. So that might be a nice, nice, nice. little car ride. Listen, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. But did you steal any of the questions that we had from the first interview that we did? I don't believe so. I, I mean, I, I have a I, I kind of try to keep my interview, you know, just about, uh, you know, I, you know, when I know him personally, I try to. You know, talk about certain things. I know that he had to come back from Tommy John surgery, certain things like that. I, you know, spoke about some of his uh, key memories at, at the University of Maryland, which he which he ended up going to out of high school. Uh, you know, all in all, it was a great episode. You know, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. No, man, that's that's amazing. Growing up with somebody who makes it to the majors. Which one was better though, that interview or the one we did with Will Dalton? Will Dalton was a great interview. I mean, he is, uh, you know, hearing about what he's doing now is amazing. You know, I'll let you kind of take it from there with that. But, you know, you know, all in all, I treat every interview, you know, like it's its own kind of thing. I mean, there's really no uh, there's really no episode that's, you know, you know, above any in my mind. You know, I do I have favorites? Sure. But, you know, do like it's very hard to compare in my mind when I do an interview. Mm-hmm. Nah, I can see that what I've done. I'm not trying to brag, but I think I've done what, six or seven. Yeah. Something like that. Each one is great in their oh, own yeah. way. Only one was kind of really bad, and that was not my fault nor my guest's fault. It was – if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube and look up the um, – oh, what was his name? This well, is bad, Rob. It was the second interview I did. He's a pitcher with the uh, – Travis Kuhn. That's his name. There we go. So Travis is a uh, minor league pitcher for the Mariners. And I had him on. Oh, that was a terrible, terrible interview. But Will Dalton was such an OG. Man, he was so funny, especially after we shut off the, the cameras for recording. He Absolutely. Was, he was so laid back down to earth. And this man jumped up two, two levels in one season. I mean, the man is cruising right now. You know, and maybe, maybe uh, you know, since uh, 
you know, you have better equipment. Things are going better now. Maybe we got to get Travis back on and uh, do him some justice on the pesky pole podcast. I'm hoping I haven't been in touch with him. So maybe, but no, y'all, y'all already know we are going to get, let's see. We're going to get Brendan Salucci back on a fan favorite. All right. The OG athlete who's a fan of the pesky pole podcast. We are going to get back. Uh, I'll see if I get Cade McClure. I'm not sure if he's in the majors yet. There's a pitcher with the White Sox projected mm-hmm. to go majors this year. I don't know if he has yet. I got to look that up. But then we're going to get Christian Koss, if anyone remembers him. Shortstop, uh, I think he's in Greensville. We are going to get, why am I forgetting most of the guys that I, um, Cole Brennan. Mm. He's been struggling this year. I feel bad. He was so nice. Very, mm-hmm. re- very religious guy. Him and I, especially off camera, we're talking a lot about that. Very, very religious guy. Really cool dude. Obviously, the boy, Garrett Whitlock. It, I'm going to do my best to get back on the show for y'all and make sure you hit that follow button because you already know who Garrett Whitlock is. If you're an OG Red Sox fan and you've been watching this year, you already know who Garrett Whitlock is. I've had him on the show. This small content creator, me, right? I've had him on the show. Him and I sat down for like a half hour shooting the you-know-what, talking about all things Red Sox. Oh, he was so cool. That was around Christmas time. So if y'all want to go check that out, check that out after this and after you go watch Brian's show. Without further ado, I got a couple updates I got to give to the people that more more involved with me than we'll get into our Red Sox action, as promised. I told Brian a couple hours ago before we started, but your boy officially got a job in his career for those of you who don't know i've said this in a couple episodes i haven't talked about me too much i mainly just keep about the red sox but i graduated school with a dance degree i wanted to be a ballet dancer for those y'all who are always saying ballet dancers are gay and all that stuff because i know i've gotten comments like that especially on some posts on the ig that's not always the case it is sometimes but not always the case so it's not for me let me just say that first of all but mm-hmm. I got picked up by a company out in Denver, Colorado. Say, so boy's moving west. He went from the New England. The boy from the north moved south to Tennessee. And is now saying, screw it and going west. Why does that make any sense? I don't know. We're not going to question it. We're just going to be happy it happened. Happy little accidents. <laughs> just like Brian. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you make Too me far. feel special. That makes me feel special, Rob. Too far. But one more update. My mama just got remarried yesterday. It's been a crazy, crazy past month. And that's why y'all vote. This is the second time you've seen me in the past month. I've missed like maybe eight episodes this this summer out of like a possible like 15. I've missed eight of them. Not a good record, but I have good reason for having to work 40, 50 hours a week plus dealing with my mom's wedding, plus trying to get a job. Now my family's moving in two weeks, and I'm going to be moving a week after that. It's been a crazy. Once I hit Denver, I'll let you guys know when I hit Denver. It'll probably be first week of September. It's nice. probably hitting Denver. So once I hit then, it'll hopefully go back to normal. I'll be able to do the once a week. Day may change again of upload, but doesn't matter. We keep it rolling as we always do and then over the off season we're going to have those special interviews whenever possible with the ogs and hopefully some new guys on the show with that being said after that really probably eight minutes worth of just random talking and promoting you because you know you deserve it you ready to get into the some red Sox action i mean let's get into it (laughs) all right so first we've had a skid there's nothing All right, we've we've won six out of our last eighteen. Yeah, it's uh, That's, it hasn't been it hasn't been a friendly uh, stretch of the season. It's not been a friendly stretch. So right now, we find ourselves three games behind the race, right? With sixty nine wins, with our win today on Sunday, Brian, say it with me. Nice, nice, nice. So we are three games behind the Rays, which the Rays are always going to find a way to win. Doesn't matter if you put the the if you took the entire Orioles roster and changed their name to the Rays, they'd be a seventy win team. Oh, easily. You know, it's just uh, the mat the miracles that go on in Tampa Bay. I don't understand it right now. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're not 
you know, a basement dweller in the American League just, you know, surprises Blows me every mind. year. They're the best team in the AL. Mm-hmm. Which is weird to say we are the third best team still in the AL. Yeah. I mean, you could say tied with the athletics, but we're the third best team in the AL right now. Mm-hmm. Which, after that terrible skid we went on, is still crazy. The thing that kills me is the Yanks are catching up. Yeah, they are. And it looks like the moves that they made at the deadline are starting to help them and uh, has given them the life that they that they needed to, you know, really, you know, really get it going. Mm-hmm. While the Red Sox, unfortunately, you know, their lack of moves other than Kyle Schwarber and two pitchers who really I, I had never heard of until until I saw their names on Twitter. I heard of uh, the Pirates guy, but R.I.P. Michael Chavis, moment of silence. And we're good. All right. So oh, uh, for the homie. Yeah, no. So. You know, when you when you make moves like that, you know, I can understand where it's demoralizing for certain, you know, for certain guys. And it's like, all right, it maybe kind of takes the air out of the tires for, you know, for a couple games. And it's like uh, playing with a bit of a lull. It's like it's like we it's like, man, we were playing so good. You know, we were exceeding all expectations and our general manager really didn't do anything for us at the deadline. But at this point, with the skit they're on, you know, these players have to look themselves in the mirror. And it looks like, you know, recently they have. They had that nice 20. They had that nice 20 run performance on sale day. They had 16 runs. They ended up getting the dub today and all around like they've been playing, you know, they've been playing better, you know, in these last couple stretches of games. But, you know, over the entire over that whole like break, though, it was like like I won. I was blaming Bloom at first. I was like, all right, for this, you know, especially I'd say up until Toronto, I was like, all right, Heim. Like, this is kind of like what you guys get. Like, you know, you kind of deserve this because of how you guys performed. But how? How is it his fault when you go through an off when you go through a trade deadline and your team is all right, I'm gonna have to make this episode expletive, but your team is straight up whooping that ass, right? You are you're spanking it, right? Then why do you go around and say, if it's working, don't try and fix it. Add build to it a little bit, but don't tinker with it too much. What we got is apparently working, and we're gonna add Chris Sale. So let's go get one piece and let's call it a day. With that, why would you then blame him for taking that approach? The team well, is doing t- great, and then well, the team just backfired for two weeks, and now we're well, t- we're we're, we're, we're and we're normal now. We're back to normal. Well, we're looking fine, you know. Right now, at least over these last three, four games, you know, it's you know we've gone three of our last four, I believe. But you know, if you wanna if you want some proof of uh, of a team that was you know firing on all cylinders and you know did that, I you know look at the San Francisco Giants. They've been they've basically been the Red Sox of of the uh, NL this year, where you know no one expected the Giants to be at the position they are this year. But you know you look at them and you know they've exceeded all expectations. And at the deadline, what did they do? They went out and they and they acquired the former NL MVP himself, Chris Bryant, and he's been a staple of their offense ever since he's gotten there. And you know I think that that's it's been a major boost for them while, you know, you know, Schorber obviously we'll get, we'll get in him today has had, you know, had some good success today has shown, you know, some pretty solid patience at the plate in his uh, Red Sox debut, even though he did go over two, had two walks scored twice, you know, it, it, it could be a boost that we never, that we that could be uh that could really surprise us down the stretch, how he's going to factor into the, uh, into the lineup when it comes to defense. And now it's based, you know, we saw him today at DH and they put Martinez in left, but you know, they eventually are going to have to put this guy at first base, which, you know, seems like the game plan when that comes to, when that comes to be, I'm just a little skeptical as to how that's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Which I, I can see a little bit of skepticism trying to throw somebody else into the mix and just praying it works, especially somebody who's not used to the position we're going to throw them at. But I mean, I'm in for the ride. I mean, at this point, how many people do you, let me go look at, um, the Red Sox, uh, what was I going to say? The baseball reference page. For them, they have a 2.8% chance of winning the World Series mm-hmm. as of right now. So yeah. not many people are picking the Red Sox as their you know, leading team. Yeah. Why not get a little experimental? Right now, we're about top seven, which is great. I like top seven. It's good. Not good enough, though. When yeah, in no, the NL, you got these teams who are whooping it. Yeah, no, and these teams in the NL, they went out and they really added guys. I mean, especially the Dodgers, who, you know, really just, you know, blew things out of the water. And then you have the Giants, too, with Bryant. You know, like, well, I'm not – here's the thing with, with getting experimental. You know, when you're the Tampa Bay Rays or when you're the Kansas City Royals or when you're whoever you are in even the Oakland A's, 
you know, sometimes you have to get it. Sometimes you have to get it uh, experimental when it came to uh, in money. Get a little freaky with it. Exactly. When it came to Moneyball and, you know, you know, that movie, they, they ended up having to put uh, Hatterberg over at first base, even though he was a career catcher and his knees were gone. Like they had to, you know, figure out ways to make their lineup work. Mm-hmm. But when you're the Boston freaking Red Sox and you have over 200 you know, million dollars in calf space, you know, it's you know, they they went they went into this deadline, you know, and they started the season basically saying we're not going to go over the luxury tax. They decided not to do that, even though, you know, they didn't do it last year. They reset all their cap penalties. And I think had they done it this year, they wouldn't have lost any draft picks. It would have just been some additional cash that they would have had to pay out, which, you know, frankly, you know, you know, in John Henry's case, isn't the worst thing. Like he has the money to be able to pay that out, especially if this team had gone in. I'm not saying you have to go get Scherz or not saying you have to go get Jose Barrios, but, you know, one guy who's, you know, been stuck in my mind now, Danny Duffy, the Dodgers got him for a player to be named later. Yeah. We can't make we can't make a deal like that. Ryan Tapera, I think the I think the White Sox got him for I think the twenty third prospect in their system. We have a better system than the Whites. We have a better minor league system than the White Sox. It wouldn't have taken that much to get a guy like that. Uh, and then and then obviously you know Anthony Rizzo would have been the big push that we probably would have had to make. I think you know the Yankees. I forget exactly how much they gave up. It was more it was more prospects in the middle. And you know with Rizzo, you would have gotten a guy that you know. I've I like what Schober's brought to us so far, but you you bring Rizzo into this lineup, he's a traditional first baseman, which is what we really needed with Bobby Dalbeck struggling at the time, and you could have brought him in, just dropped him right in the lineup, and it would have made sense. Yeah, no, I can, I can one hundred percent see that, but um, I'm looking right now, and I just wanted to say, um, with this team, first of all, we might be able to see four ALDs teams in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. First of all, that's obviously never been done before because we just went to an expanded playoff last year. But having the Rays, Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays, right now they're currently tied with the Mariners for the eighth spot. Mm-hmm. Both with 63 wins. And I think it's just criminal that the Indians are in the playoffs right now with 57 wins. <laughs> that's criminal. Well, that's this is this is the unfortunate thing about explain about expanded playoffs. What do you think about them in general? I like it more playoff baseball. No free rides in the round one. I mean, how how many how many teams is it now that that are that they're allowing in? So right now it's looking like I thought it was uh, I thought it was it's how many total teams, though, like across the leagues, 16 total league, 16 total teams. So it's be, you know. Here's the thing, you know, 12, you were like making a case with the wild card game, something else like that. I didn't mind if it was like 12 or 10, because here's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I understand the idea of, oh, we get more playoff baseball. Oh, like the wild card rounds now a three game thing where, where you get that. And it's, you know, the stakes are higher and all this stuff. And, you know, while that may be the case and, you know, MLB can make a couple more bucks off us, you know, that one game wild card was something really special. I really yeah. liked that factor. I thought that yeah. was, you know, it was a do or die thing. And it was like, it was basically a game seven at the start of the playoffs. It was but, something really cool to see. Here's the thing. It gives us more chances of a miracle run happening. Of course you know? it does. But but unfortunately, like, unfortunately, like, I think that, you know, you see like a bunch of these middling teams when they're making the playoffs, it's going to be hard for them to say, all right, now we have to like pull the trigger and do a full reset. When it was when it was like, all right, you know, you have like 10 teams that make it. And it's like, all right, you have the 10 teams that are the playoff that are like the playoff, like you know, shoe ins like the guys that make it. And then you have the guys that are kind of like hovering on the edge. Oh, like the 2011 Red Sox that had like a kind of a collapse at the end, miss it. Oh, this team had a late surge, but couldn't get it done. And then, and like, that's, the, that's the second tier. And then the third tier is like the teams that are like rebuilding and trying to figure something out. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was like a good, like way to like tier the major leagues. When you added it to 12 or 14, I was like, okay, fine. But now when over half the league is making it, it's basically just becoming the, the NBA at this point. And I'm just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, and um, you want to know something crazy? Let me hear it. As of right now in the NL, right, mm-hmm. the ratings would go top three um, teams in, in their respective divisions get the first three seedings. So it would go Giants 1, Brewers mm-hmm. 2, Braves 3, um, Dodgers 4, Reds 5, Philly 6. Wow. Padres seventh, Cardinals eighth. Mets are currently out of the playoffs. Wow. <laughs> Which, 
It's insane. And right now, for anyone curious on the AL East side, it would go Rays, Astros, White Sox, Red Sox, Athletics, Indians, Guardians. Screw that. Yankees, Blue Jays. That's our Blue Jays slash Mariners. I believe as of right now. Yeah, uh, Blue Jays as of right now. Okay. And another crazy thing I saw, we'll talk about it, right? Um, just because I was curious because we talked about it earlier. Uh, my boy Garrett Whitlock, right? We're in August right now, yeah. right? Middle of August, dog days of summer. When did the season start? Late I believe, April. Uh, like, I think early April, like just before Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, so, not, not before Mother's Day, before Easter, my bad. So May, June, July, August, four months in the season, we're already. Mm-hmm. Tell me how this dude, not being injured at all throughout the year, has not given up ten earned runs yet. Earned runs yet. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, Moments has pitched fifty-five point two innings, nine earned runs, one four six ERA. I mean, listen. I don't know how he isn't like the certified set man at this point. Like they just throw him in in kind of random situations, like. He's really just proven himself at this point. I'm just like, how the heck is he not like the guy behind like behind the Barnes at this point? And Barnes has kind of been shaky a little bit too. So, you know, I'm surprised they don't get him in, you know, even higher leverage situations than they than they already put him in. And let me tell you this. Not once this entire season has he been top ten in odds for AL rookie of the year. <laughs> it's criminal. Not once. Jaron Duran was on this list at one point. <laughs> Jaron Duran and Bobby Dahlbeck were both on this list. Jaron right. Duran is a up-and-coming rookie, still nowhere near his potential. Bobby Dahlbeck is a bench player. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And he's they- come alive. He's come alive lately, but I don't see. But I mean, you know, he's young and he could maybe turn into something like later on. But like as of right as of right now, it's just a it's just kind of a either certified strikeout at this point or home run with Jaron. Like, you know, you've seen like all these like spray hits to left field and all this stuff. When I was watching him down in Worcester and seeing him perform there. Now, I I know there's a huge jump between AAA and the big leagues. I know it is a drastic leap, but, you know. And eventually I feel like Jaron will get the hang of it and start doing his thing. But my God, when this guy hits a baseball, like, and actually pulls it, like, I think like it gets up in like a jet stream. Like the, like he hits this thing so high, but so far at the same time, I'm just waiting for him to hit one of those at the big league level. Cause when he does, it's going to like, it's going to turn some heads. Yeah. Um, what is this? This is a rare. Yes. When is that? Uh, That's about an all-star rookies to watch. What the? Uh, yeah, he's he's never even been in consideration for rookie of the year, and that is criminal. <laughs> That's just pathetic. All right, if I get him on the show, I'm asking about that. A couple That's of questions. I have relievers a- get no love. Mm-hmm. Now I have a couple questions for him. Be like, whenever you went against the Yankees, did you have something to prove? You know, mm-hmm. I have a feeling he's just gonna say. Nah, it's just like every other team. I go out there and I pitch to win. He's going to say something along those lines. He's going to be professional. He's that guy. Um, and then I'm going to be like, well, cons- you were nowhere in the rookie of the year odds. Why? Just why? Do you know something we don't? Tell us. Shine the well, light on him and all that. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, like just, you know, I don't think he has like the role setup man or anything like that. If, if he was like a closer and he, and he had Barnes's job and was like, you know, doing his thing, I think he'd get more recognition for it. Cause it'd be like, Oh, this is the closer for the Red Sox. And like, you know, he'd be, he'd get that note. He'd get that notoriety. Unfortunately, you know, just being like, Oh, sometimes he's six. Sometimes he's seven. Sometimes he's an eighth. And like, you know, unfortunately, In because blowouts, he doesn't... he's a ninth. Yeah. And blowouts. He's a ninth, which is kind of surreal, but you know, and that, that's unfortunate. Well, yesterday, of- uh, was it? I can't remember when it was. I think it was today's game. Yeah. He was the setup guy. Mm-hmm. You know, to Barnes. Yeah. But- maybe maybe they start to get him into that. I don't know what, what the deal is with certain guys coming back uh, later in the season. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. 
you know, that's that, like I said, hashtag Garrett Whitlock rookie of the year. Let's get that trending on Twitter. All right. Mm-hmm. I need you to start that for me. You got it. I mean, my Twitter has like 50 followers, so we'll my see all this guy has like four. <laughs> That's it's great. So we've officially DFA'd somebody who I feel has gotten no love from the fan base, but for good reason. Yeah, I I kind of liked them a little bit, but I didn't really bat an eye when I saw he was DFA'd. Marwin Gonzalez, free agent pickup this offseason, has been DFA'd to clear up room for Schwerber. Uh, Marwin batted 206, I believe, with us. Yeah. And that was depressing. He yeah, was, it, really, it really was. He was okay mm-hmm. on the defensive side. He was above average defender. But at a point where our average was 260 with the team, it just didn't fit. We needed more hitting. That's why we had to trade the defense for hitting. Absolutely. And unfortunately with uh, Marwin Gonzalez, when we brought him in, I was actually kind of intrigued by the move because, you know, the coupling of that with Kike, it was, it was like, oh, we get, we got like these two kind of, uh, you know, platoon guys. They're not really, and you know, before the season, I was like, well, they're not even like platoons because like they're kind of good on both sides of the ball. And like, and like, you know, if we need a guy in a pinch to play somewhere, if we need Marwin to play short, third, wherever, you know, pitch, I don't know. But uh like we could put these guys wherever and the same thing with Kike, like he was our starting center fielder. And then we bring him in for some games where, you know, I think down the stretch run, we thought he was going to be our starting second baseman and it's kind of just all over the place with them. And I was like, it was like, you know, it's not the worst thing to have that, especially, you know, you know, if like a guy goes down and you need to fill in, but it's, you know, unfortunately the hitting just really never materialized. And it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's disappointing, but you know, you kind of just had to cut bait and hope that, uh, Schwarber can, Schwarber can fill in the, uh, you know, fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you what I thought when we signed Gonzalez and Kike? Let's hear it. I thought this was just the fourth worst team in the entire league. Why in the blue hell are we going after 30 plus year old dudes? And then I thought to myself and I said, thank God it's not Robert Stock. And I was okay <laughs> with that. that was that was about my my contemplating the situation, we will say. After that, I was fine with it. You know, then I went and saw the games live, and um, Marwin um, did not do well. We'll say that. I think he struck out three or four times at one time. And I only know that because my sister booed every time he was up because he was wearing 16 Andrew Benintendi's number. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'll do it. No, I'm sorry. That was Franchi. She oh, yeah, yeah, Franchi. yeah. R.I.P. Franchi. New Rusni Castillo is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all honesty, we pick him up to be that guy who just does amazing in the minors and just uh, once again remind me to put the expletive in here. Shits the bed in the MLB. You know, we gave that up for Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean, but, how are you how are you thinking about that trade now, Rob? Uh, I, we need uh, we cannot accurately assess that trade for another four years. Listen, if Josh Winkowski never makes it to the big leagues, how are you feeling hey, about that trade? Hey, respect my man, Josh Winkowski. It's it's a it's a it's it's a hypothetical, Rob. All right, Hypoth- in a in an alternate universe where Josh Winkowski never makes it it's to the pronounced Wishnowski. Okay, if 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 Mike Winow- if Mike Wazowski never it- makes it to the big leagues in <laughs> in this parallel in this parallel universe, yeah, such an asshole. Then. <laughs> Right. Then, uh, then if he never makes it in a parallel universe. Then, what is your, uh, what's your assessment of this trade? First of all, Mr. Wisniewski, if you are watching this, I apologize for my guest behavior, and he will apologize too sooner or later. Once you do make it to the big leagues, hopefully. Uh, second, if he doesn't make it to the big leagues, I'm sad, mm. and I'm sad we had to um, send Andrew to Kansas City out of all places. That's the same as screw you. We're sending you to Detroit <laughs> or to Pittsburgh. Nah, Detroit's worse. I mean, come yeah, on. it's Detroit. Literally Fair. any major league team that you could think of. That's the that's the scapegoat is screw you. We're sending you to Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's really Detroit right now is unfortunately the gulag of all uh, of all uh, major sports teams right now. Yeah, you got to fight your way out with your teammates to see who can make it out alive. All right. 
R.I.P. Andre Drummond. <laughs> My man said a claws way out of there. But Schwarber, as you said in his debut, 0 for 2, two walks. Scored coming, twice. Coming back from a couple months out with injury. Yeah, he was, he'd been out since uh, July 2nd with a kind of like a, you know, you know, unfortunate kind of ailing hamstring injury. Uh, you know, before that, though, obviously he had, he had that historic stretch where he, I think he had 10 home run. I think he had 12 home runs in 10 games, which, yes. you know, he had an electric month of June. And, uh, you know, you know, Bro, it, get this ad on <laughs> it, and it ended up leading him to uh, become, uh, it led him to become an all-star. Like basically I think the last possible second when it was, when he was eligible, it was like, you know, a very like, it was like the last minute thing he could do. And, uh, you know, it's been good. It's been good to see him so far. I hope he can continue the stretch. Mm-hmm. And so in the game we had today, two doubles, a 6-2 win over the Orioles. Uh, he said, to get the first out of the way, first two, I can kind of relax now and get back to baseball. Mm-hmm. He said, um, I'm a big believer in trying to do something each and every day to help the team win. It's in the buyer's box, out on defense, or in the clubhouse. Anything like that. I can do. That's great. That's why I want to do every day. I don't like to go out there and say, I'm going to do this or that. I just want to try and come in and help the team. Throw him with Whitlock. Whitlock will teach him a thing or two. (laughs) That's Whitlock's saying, but you know. Eh. I mean, it's, it's risky. It's always risky to trade for a guy who's just coming off an injury where he's out for more than like two, three weeks. Yeah. Always risky, but Especially, especially the hamstring too, which unfortunately for many athletes is just a nagging, nagging injury. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to be something that never freaking gets right. I mean, hopefully that, hopefully it's like, hopefully it was just a kind of like a pull and it's like, all right, like a couple of weeks off, get, get some ice on it, do what you need to do. And it's fine. Luckily, I don't think it required any surgery, which would have made a bigger you know deal than it probably did. It's something to definitely watch though down the stretch of the season. You know, if he has to, you know, stretch a couple singles into doubles, you know, really is put into some pressure situations. It'll be something I think that we're gonna have to watch for sure. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. But in all honesty, this is a low risk, high reward kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because, like I said before, this team was killing it without Schwarber. And all if he if he goes knock on wood, he goes down again. Right, he doesn't, and he's out for two months. We're fine because we have the entire team still there, minus you know Marwin. Who screw that guy? Yeah. Hey, go. We got Durant now. Go shoot. Get your ass out of here. No one liked you. Go play for Detroit. Other than that, we're fine. We'll be okay. We'll get through a couple months without him. I'd love to have him in for the World Series or for the playoffs, but. It's low risk, high reward. Let's say he thrives off this injury and he ends up batting 300 while he's with the team. That's beautiful. Yeah. See? It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, let's get on to the next thing. Uh, yesterday was a beautiful day. It was. Right? Like I said, my mama got married yesterday and I got to watch a fat man become a stripper. But that's not why it was a beautiful day. It was beautiful. Thanks day. for having me on, Rob. It was a great show. Uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking at the Zoom call now. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian's off it. <laughs> but it was a great day because my mama got remarried. But it's also sale day. Beautiful day. First time we've had it since I believe August 13th, 2019. I, 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 was, I wasn't even in college yet. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Think about that. You are what? Going into your junior year? I was going into my freshman year of college, and now I'm going into my junior year. Yeah. You weren't even in college yet. That was the last time Chris Sale stepped on the beautiful Red Sox mound. Yeah. (laughs) And yet, we told the Orioles on Saturday, we said, bend over. Bend over. And we just, yeah, insert your own joke here. That's all I'm going to say. But Chris Sale, he said, when I stepped out of the dugout, I knew there was going to be something. I wasn't expecting all of that. I was just trying to soak in moments. This isn't going to last forever. Mm. Right. Um, pitch five innings, gave up two homers to Austin Hayes and Trey Mancini. It was still, in all honesty, I didn't obviously see a ton of the game. I saw highlights. It looked like we have 
70 to 80 percent sale right now do you agree yeah i mean yeah i mean you know I, you know it's his first start in the big leagues in pretty much two years so at this point you know you'll take what you can get at this point i mean you know it's uh it's definitely like a great thing to see. I hope that, uh, I hope that, you know, you know, while it may be 70, 80% right now, as the season ra- ramps up and, you know, playoff hopes and things like that start to come more into the picture, he kind of really, you know, gears up and says, all right, let's go for this thing. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm, I'm going to be one to say, take it slow with him. Do not rush anything. We no, need there's, you for the long haul. Yeah, no, there's no need for this guy to like, try to, at this point, like, you know, if, if you give him like, like, I think they had him pitching in the fifth, had him enough to qualify for the win this year yep. and you know, they got it done. And it was like, all right, all right, Chris, we're going to, yeah, we're going to pull you here. And uh, you know, you're in line for the win. Hopefully we can get the job done for you. And, you know, they ended up doing that, you know, by absolutely, you know, battering around the Orioles. It was a, it was batting practice for, for us yesterday. That's, that's an understatement. Like I said, yeah. we bent them over and we went to town. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a demolition. It was absolutely horrendous what we did to him but uh almost criminal but uh but you know with that being said you know sale was out there he looked you know the slider looked like it still had the life that it was when it struck out manny machado in 2018 it it you know the stuff still looks there i mean there were some there were some times where the fastball wasn't didn't have the zip that you'd want it to but at this point you know it's his first start back give him some time and let's see it roll yeah imagine being a minor leaguer being like okay we're going up to Portland for a three-game stretch. We're in the double A. This is great. We're going up to Portland. All right, what bum pitcher are we facing? You got Chris Sale. Oh. <laughs> what? 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 It's like when the uh, – I think it was like when that single-A team for the Cardinals were facing Jacob DeGrom in his rehab starts. And I think I think they ended up saying at one point uh, – like, like the Cardinals, like single A Twitter account was tweeting out, and they, they were saying, they were saying, "Mom, we want to go home." He's pitching a hundred and one. <laughs> I think I, I think I need an adult. Like they, they, they're like people were in the comments saying, saying, "Why don't you go that? Why don't you go out there and compete?" And they were they were saying, "Okay, yeah, you want to get in the batter's box?" It's the Grom. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they, like I, they, they, they were like, no, no, no. This isn't something about us not trying. He's the best no. pitcher on the planet. This guy, and we got this bum playing right field who was selected in the twenty third round. You want to try and do better? I mean, they may they may as well have Pat McAfee out there on one of his uh, celebrity games. <laughs> like it may be one yeah. of those promotional nights, and they, you have you have the you know you know at least before his injury, the bona fide Cy Young winner for the National League, and almost and, you know at the time MVP. Jeez, that's crazy, but. We had two more little pieces of information to give out to the people. First, a couple hours ago, it was put out that the Red Sox have claimed Travis Shaw off waivers from the Brewers, mainly because a 40-man spot opened up because Josh Taylor was placed on the COVID IL. Now, this is what I like to call a good old sweet shot of that nostalgia, huh? I mean, I love it, especially, uh, you know, we finally get to see if Travis Shaw can come back to Boston and, you know, I, you know, he unfortunately hasn't been the guy he nearly was when we, when we ended up sending him out the door for uh, Tyler Thornburg, a name that, yeah, yeah, makes me want to, yeah, makes me want to gag as well, Rob. The fact that we made that trade, that's, that's such a disgusting trade in my mind. I mean, Mitch Moreland luckily worked out for us. Rafi Devers, you know, picked up the slack over at third. But the fact that we could have had Travis Shaw in this offense, you know, in 2018, I don't know necessarily how he would have fit, but it would have been a better roster spot than Tyler Thornburg. That guy sucked. That guy was booty. I mean, I didn't, I didn't believe it. I, I just checked baseball reference. The guy was still in the league last year. Playing for Detroit? No, Cincinnati. Ew. Cincy, what, what are you doing to yourself? I, he, he surprisingly had a, three, a 386 ERA over seven games. That's actually not bad. Yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. That's the guy you look at come about three hours left with trade deadline. And you say, you know what? Yeah, fine. Screw it. Yeah. I mean. And then you yeah. wake up, you wake up a month later and you're like, why the hell did we do that? Yeah. I mean, listen, when, when Boston made the trade and they ended up sending Travis Shaw to Milwaukee at the time, it seemed like, it seemed like an interesting prospect of a trade. Cause the guy had a, you know, 
the he he missed the 2017 season the, the season prior but before that Tyler Thornburg he went 8 and 5 with a 2 with a with a 2.15 ERA and you know looked really nice his cross 67 games looks like he could have been a great bullpen piece for us mm-hmm. but as soon as he came here the guy just imploded had a 5.6 ERA across 25 games in 2018 our world series year had a 7.7 ERA in our in our uh, in in the you know year after in his age 30 season across 16 games and we just had enough and you know th- that you know while I don't want to say like you know maybe the Andrew Benintendi trade could work out with, if Josh Winkowski is actually uh if he actually you know makes a Josh makes Wisnowski you want me to go back down this whole rabbit hole but yeah. you know if if whatever if whatever happens you know if if uh you know he makes an impact at the big league level you could reassess that trade but this was just a trade where you know you know the the day you saw him step on the mound, you saw what he had. It was obvious that we you lost went, you went, trade. it's gone. It's out. All right. No, he, I, you know, I think he ended up, I think he had to get Tommy John surgery or something, but I don't think it may not have been Tommy John surgery. I think they said it was a very like, you know, complex procedure that he had to end up getting. It may have been TJ like after all, but I remember that them saying, yeah, it's a tough rehab, but if he comes back, he'll be a force to be reckoned with. with. And I remember, I think he came in against Kansas city and he just didn't have it. It's, it was gone. Mm. No, I can, um, I can write, and I miss Travis Shaw, but in all honesty, I don't expect him to play more than six games. He's us. a September college. Yeah, uh, he's he's here for two I think, weeks. I think he's rehabbing at this point anyway, so he's gonna be in uh he's gonna be in Worcester for a couple games anyways. Yeah, I I say he gets called up in about a week, you know, to replace Taylor. Yeah, and then once Taylor gets back off the COVID IL. You back down to Worcester, hit September. Once we're allowed to get forty guys up, you bring him up to finish out the season. Give your starters a rest. He gets his glory back in a Red Sox uniform, and then we kick his, you know what, to the curb, and we say, "Nice knowing you." It's great. I mean, if if you're the Boston Red Sox, though, so this season I'd have to look. I'd have to look at uh, Shaw's stats, but this year he was batting. Uh, he was batting one ninety one uh, with six home runs across. Uh, it was a uh, across how many games across 56 games. Now I, I don't, I don't want to make this, I don't want to make this, uh this very tough decision for you. But if, but at this point, are you taking Travis Shaw or Bobby Dahlbeck? Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah. This is a future there. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, but uh, I think you're right. You know, while Travis Shaw, you know, had some flashes in Boston, you know, unless he comes onto the scene, just has like, you know, multiple home run games like in a row and just goes off. Then I, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? Gonna Imagine say? though that he turns back the clock and it's just 2016, 2017. Oh Travis Shaw and it's like, all right, we got our, we figured out our first baseman issues. Uh, we're gonna have Schwarber catch now. <laughs> Vasky, I'm sorry, but you at the door. Actually, no. I was, I was trying to do this math. If Travis Shaw, if Travis Shaw worked out, I'm trying to think we could move Kike to the outfield, have Duran sit, and then have Travis Shaw play second because he is listed as a second baseman. I mean, but he would have to give us a god performance to, you know, cut the development of Jaron Duran like that. Rob, you're gonna doubt the mayor of Ding Dong City at per as Derek Robs once touted him. True. Yeah, I mean. You know, get him under the Fenway Park lights again. Let him hear the crowd calling his name. Hear that number forty-seven calls for the for the Boston Red Sox, and hear some country song come on, and see him blast the ball to the moon. Yeah, it's gonna be Morgan Wallen. You a country guy? I like some country. Yeah. Okay, I see. All right. Finally, last thing we gotta talk about, my man uh, Tyler Gilbert. That was beautiful last night. That was awesome to see. I was. Oh, uh, I was with my friend Pat Edwards. You've obviously, you know, we you, you've been on my show with the Pat OG, before. Who I wanted to slap him for some reason that I can't remember anymore. I forget at this point. It probably because he's a Packers fan or something stupid. Yeah. But uh, but you know, we were talking about some stuff on uh on air, and uh, you know, we were I we were just sitting in my basement. My friend John had come over. We were kind of just like throwing the wiffle ball around, just kind of having a good time. And all of a sudden, like I'm just in the basement with him. We're, we're just watching like some you know, stupid YouTube videos, just watching, I think blue mountain state came on in our minds too. We were just like going back and forth between that. And all of a sudden we ended up saying, uh, all of a sudden we, I was just like, you know, going through the videos 
and he's just kind of just chilling on the couch. And all of a sudden I get a notification on my phone that says, that says, no, no watch is going in the ninth on the MLB.com app. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> and I, I'm just like, I'm like, I got to go to charter real quick. And he's like, what? I'm like, I have to go to MLB network. And he's like, why? I'm like, I'm like, something's happening. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what? And I'm like, you'll understand as soon as I get onto it. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> and then, then he saw us get the no hitter. And it was like, it was, we were pumped for, we were pumped for him. It was amazing. Oh my God. That's crazy. In your first start, like that's only happened. What? Three times in MLB history. Probably, second. Yeah. Second. He's the third Diamondbacks pitcher ever and the first to ever do it at home. Yeah. Randy Johnson did it at Atlanta and Edwin Jackson did it at the trop. So yeah. first guy at home. And I think some people in the comments were saying, this is the, this has been the most celebrated uh, Diamondbacks uh, Diamondbacks moment at chase field since they won the world series in 2001. Yeah. And plus has there really been anything else to celebrate since like, I think there was a wild. I think there was a wild card game against Colorado, but you know, I think I think Goldschmidt homered, but really, did anything actually happen? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's sad, but you know, they'll. I don't know what to do about that place. They have such good. I mean, uh, Pat Edwards brought it up to me. They have such good uniforms, like across their history too. Like you go back to the old purple uniforms; those things were sick. I mean, you know, I, I like they should honestly still rock those, but you know, the ones they have now are nice. The uh, the Serpientes one for the uh, for the deserts were were pretty solid. He didn't like them as much, but I thought they I thought they were you know kind of clean. Mm-hmm. But you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, the product on the field doesn't match uh, what they're putting on there. What they're putting on. Yes. No, I could. It's it's gonna be weird. Yeah. But with this Red Sox team, you got anything else to say about it before we call it quits for today? Well, I know this isn't gonna be on. Uh, I know this isn't gonna be on YouTube, but. I do have something that I got to say. So you two people won't be able to see that beautiful hair. No, they won't be able to be able to see this beautiful hair, but I attended a Mets game about, uh, oh, God. About a month oh, wait, or so no, ago. you saw Kevin Pillar. Yeah. I saw That's Kevin Pillar. It was, it was good. So I attended a Mets game about a month or so ago. No, it was like the end of June. Yeah. And while there, they were going out, they were going to have free t-shirts and, you know, during one of the Mets miracle seasons, there's a pitcher named, uh, Tug McGraw. He's actually, I believe, uh, I believe he's related to Tim, the, the you know, obviously the great yeah. Tim McGraw. And, you know, he has a very, uh, he has a very famous saying with, with the New York Mets and I'm going to hold up a t-shirt right now. So you're not gonna be able to see it, but yeah. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. You gotta believe hopefully that this Red Sox team can pull it out. Hopefully they are able to rally past this slump yeah. and really get out of it. Yeah. We, we had a call with a certain Adam who you guys will see on the show, hopefully sometime soon. Just been busy, conflicting schedules. You haven't seen him at all this summer, but he's, yeah, he's been, he yeah, said he's been, he's been busy conflicting with his girlfriend. And yeah, no, there's not much conflicting there, if you know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry for anybody who had to hear that joke, but he said and could call I, it could call it an internal struggle. At least for her. Yeah. <laughs> That's, okay. Okay. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop before I say something I regret, but. <laughs> He said Haven't you already multiple things. Yes. But we don't yeah. talk about those. Right. Um, he said, and I quote, this team blows. This <laughs> is the 2011 Red Sox all over again. So we're going to hopefully have him on soon. And y'all can help me yell at him for being very wrong. I mean, I said this too, Rob, don't get me wrong. I said, the, I said, this is the, I said, this is the 10 year anniversary of the collapse and they're doing it in style. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. This team very well could collapse and it could be like the whole chicken and beer incident all over again. I hope it's not. I hope that we can actually, you know, make the playoffs, which, you know, we're still in good line to do so. We Knock still got wood. about 70% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I can understand Adam's pessimism. I am uh, unfortunately with the unfortunate with Red Sox teams. I can get down. I think it's just part of being a Boston fan. It's tough to, you know, kind of pull yourself out of it, but, you know, hopefully we can get through it. And I, uh, I, I hope I have high hopes for this team. Mm-hmm. Me too. But with that being said, I mean, I already said my couple good things of the week. You know, uh, you got anything good that happened to you this week? Obviously, besides the Sean Burke interview, uh, you know, I don't have anything that I can, you know, say on here, but, you know, going to be doing another week of uh, got another week of summer camps up next. Uh, going to have to 
deal with some kids. Pray for me, Rob. I know you're <laughs> you're a religious man, as am I. So uh, we'll uh, we'll have to do some uh, you know some some holy hard th- yeah some holy hard thought prayer. So uh, mm-hmm. you know. With that being said, though, Rob had a great time on the show today. Hope to come back as on again soon. Always. With that being said, thank you to everybody who listened this far. Y'all know you mean the world to me. DM me on Instagram at Pesky Pole Podcast about the outro music. Tell me if you'd like any specific song that is non-copyrighted that you know of. I'll make sure to put it in the next episode. While you're on Instagram, follow down dot to the wire. Make sure right after you listen to the outro music, you go check out his episode. The link will be in the description where you could go and follow that and listen to his last episode. I'm out. Brian's about to go watch a fat guy strip and it's an inside joke. Don't don't think of it weird, okay? Just trust me. It's not as weird as you think it is. That's just I just had to remind Brian. God bless you guys. What you gotta say? Bye Rob, had a great episode. Bye. <laughs> God bless you guys. Roll that out. We'll see you guys next time. It's beautiful Late night crew You're numero We all ask the feelings mutual She had me until her funeral And you won't say yes, say yes It's true Cause you like that I might fall for you Under late night covers There's the truth Yeah, what you do You got me singing like Stung the never going ha 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 Oh, you always singing la 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 And you won't say yes, say